My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. All right, open your Bibles up to 3 John. It's our last week in 3 John. And uh, next week, I'm excited, as usual, for Father's Day. Sean McGarvey will be talking to us. And the week after that, your, your Bibles are probably going to get worn out in this spot, or your fingers as they scroll, but uh, we're going to be going to Jude. So for some of you, it's on the same page or the very next page. So short little books, away we go. It's a good thing. So uh, for our last week, I want to read through uh, 3 John in its entirety again. Today, we'll be focusing on verses 13 and 14, the farewell greeting. Uh, which is a pretty, it, it feels emotionally intense to me, so I'm, I'm excited to look at this today. So let's read Third John. <clears throat> the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. I wrote to the church, But Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds which he does, prating against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does what is good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write you, but I I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. So undoubtedly, uh, as as this letter would have been delivered... um, and read uh, by Gaius, uh, he, he might have heard, as you did while I was reading the text, the distant cries of some who would not be happy with this letter. Um, and it always makes me laugh when I hear the kids in the nursery uh, screaming while I'm reading scripture. It's like, this is it's actually the good part, okay? This is the good part. But uh, this would have been a, an incredibly encouraging letter for Gaius to receive, I think. Uh, this would have been something that uh, would have uh, challenged him, uh, would have encouraged him. And I, I hope you have experienced uh, life in a church community to the point where you have been able to be encouraged by someone else uh, in a congregation. <clears throat> so so I, want to, I want to think about this letter for just a second from all the different angles. So, so who are all the characters that are addressed in this letter? So we got Gaius. Demetrius, Diotrephes, who else is involved in this letter? 
John, right? Good. The congregation at Gaius' church, right? Anybody else? Visitors, that's right. Who else? Friends? God himself, very good, thank you. I was wondering how long it was going to take us to get to the actual author. Um, who else? There's one more group that I want to make sure we think about. So we've already mentioned the church, but specifically... Brethren, but specifically... Keep staring. There's us, yes. The strangers that they housed, yes. And one more group. The people that Diotrephes booted out. Right? So, that, so as, we, as we listed all of those different groups, so in 14 or 15 verses, we addressed, we have 10 different perspectives on this letter. Right? So, so when you see these small little letters, don't just go, oh, yeah, 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 that's real simple. That's just about one thing. <clears throat> well, it might have been about one thing to one of those groups, but... John had an objective and an intention with each one of the groups or individuals that had a perspective on this. And he is very intentionally saying things in a way that are going to be talking to each one of these. Uh, and I would think for just about every single group, this is going to be a really big encouragement. So if you're the missionaries that are traveling, what would you just get? We just got documented proof that what you are doing is good and encouragement to these churches to do the same, to house you. That's encouraging. If you're Gaius, hey, I got a, a, a booster shot of encouragement and this is a positive thing. Absolutely. If you're Demetrius, you just got called out positively in front of what is likely your entire church by literally the most reverend human being on the planet at that point. That's kind of cool. If you're the folks that got tossed out of the church, guess what? We were heard. Our cries and our prayers up to God for healing and restoration were heard, and this is what deliverance looks like in this space. So I want to ask you one more. What about diatrophies? How could this have been an encouragement to diatrophies? So we fall into a trap sometimes, uh, and sometimes rightly so, and sometimes I think inappropriately so. We assume that the, <clears throat> the two-second snapshot that we get to see of some person's life in Scripture is representative of their entire life, and that they continue in that exact state for the remainder of their lives. Yes. We see one Facebook post, and like, that's that person forever, Right? It's a very filtered, very narrow view of what a much... I mean, Dr. Fees was a human being with the complexities of a human being, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So how could this have been encouraging to him? Absolutely. See, we only hear the first half of this message, right? We don't hear the... So what did he do when somebody confronted him, when either Gaius confronted him or perhaps Demetrius or perhaps John showed up. <laughs> right? We don't know. So I want to, as we, as we kind of start to 
as we wind down this series today, I want us to make sure that we don't fall into the trap of going, well, I mean, Diotrephes, he's just evil and wicked and horrible, and he's beyond recovery, and he's, he's obviously in hell today. Whoa, like that escalated quickly. <laughs> right? Yes, Mitch? Absolutely. Absolutely. And both those that want their own way and those that think they are defending the church and are doing it incorrectly both need correction. Right? And it takes... You, you actually have to care about somebody to do what John does here. Right? You, when you look and you see evil and sin in the world and you actively do not engage, what are you saying? I don't care. Right? So you can, it, it, you can trick your, we, can, we, Jim, I, can trick myself into saying, well, that's because that just doesn't impact me. Well, no, the reality is I don't care about that. That's the bottom line. And John cared enough to engage and encourage. And my prayer and hope is that I get to meet Diotrephes one day. And that he turned that ship around. And he got, you know, somebody smacked him upside the head with the gospel and said, no, not that direction, this direction. This is better. So a, a tremendous amount of encouragement in this little letter. Uh, 219 words and uh, 10 perspectives and uh, a whole lot of love and a whole lot of care and concern and engagement. So as we have uh, asked each week, uh, are there any repeated words? So you guys tell me what the answers are here for these next three blanks. <clears throat> you love truth. Zeke, do you, do you ever get the idea that I'm a planner? Just once in a while, right? All right, so how many weeks in a row have I had you fill in those answers? All of them, all four, yes. Excellent. All right, so go to the back side of your handout. At the very bottom, the final thought. I'm going to show you where I'm going to land the plane today. What do you think the three blanks are? You love truth, right. Now, here's what I love about these words. Uh, one is this was a description of Gaius and Diotrephes and these missionaries that traveled around. They loved truth. They cared about the gospel. They cared about spreading this gospel message. This was important to them. But you can also read that as a uh, command or an encouragement. You, go love truth. Right? This is a good marching orders for us. From a, let's care about this. This matters. This is important. These are, these are valuable, incredibly uh, impactful, significant things. So you love truth. All right, flip back over. Let's look at the words. What do the words mean? So I had many things to write. So what were some of the things that John might have wanted to write? I, I, don't, I don't engage in this type of a question very often. But if he obviously knew Gaius. He obviously knew some of these missionaries. He obviously knew some, he had some friends in this local congregation. So what were some of the things that he might have wanted to write about? Yeah. Absolutely. Their walk, yeah. Being an encouragement to them specifically. What else? So does anybody in here honestly believe that diatrophies was the only issue in Gaius' church? <laughs> he, was, 
He was likely just the 800-pound gorilla in the room, right? <laughs> well, that's not a bad analogy, is it? <laughs> he was uh, bombastic and loud and uh, all kinds of issues. There might have been other stuff, but he just wanted to get to the point. And he got to the point very, very clearly. So there was these other things that he wanted to write about, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink. So I don't, I don't want to, uh, to describe to you with pen and ink. So why would he not want to write these things? So we talked about some of the things he might want to write. Why would he not want to write these things down? That's right. Have you ever sent an email or a text message that you wish you could have back? Have you sent an email or a text message this week that you wish you could have back? Raise both hands here, right? Um, there's an incredible amount of discretion in verse 13. And wisdom in knowing how and the method specifically to communicate. And uh, so, so I have found as my daughter and my son become very actively engaged in email and text messaging and communication that knowing which method to use, whether this is something I'm going to say or text or email or like that is a really tricky thing to be able to teach. It, there's a lot of complexities to that. Um, and some folks, it's just a really, really hard thing to navigate and figure out. And John, he's got the benefit of a couple of things. One, he's exceedingly old, right? He's at least in his 80s. He could possibly be in his 90s. And he's figured out that there's some things you just don't write down. Uh, and I am actually not of the opinion that John knew that this was going to be um, and you feel free to hold a completely, totally different opinion on this. I, this I'm, I completely don't care. Um, but I'm, I'm not convinced that John knew that this was going to be part of the New Testament canon. Uh, I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit knew that it was going to be part of the New Testament canon. But, uh, but what if he to put some stuff in that was sideways? To I mean, there's just all kinds of interesting concepts here to, to explore. So I had many things to write to you, but I do not wish to write to you with pen, with calamus, and with ink, with melon. So that calamus, uh, just a couple side trails real quick. It's uh, kind of the, one of the root words for our calligraphy, and melon is where we get our English word. Anybody want to guess? The ink, melon, melatonin, the coloring in the skin, right? But I hope... And this is a present active indicative. So this is not a subjunctive. This is not a, this is not a wish mood. This is a, I, I believe I'm actually going to see you again. I hope to see you shortly. This is euthos. Uh, you uh, may, I guess you could take a side trail here and talk about uh, euthanasia. But the, the word for euthanasia, it literally, if you break it down, it literally means to cut short. Right? So we are cutting something short, and that's what the Greek word here is. It's, it's very directly. It's immediately. It's straightway. Um, and we don't know if this, you know, if John meant this in this life or the next life, but his expectation was very, very quickly. Um, and if you're in your late 80s or early 90s in the first century, your plans need to be immediate, right? This is, that was a joke. Um, you, you do not need to be making long-term plans because he's already lived 
well beyond twice the average life expectancy at this point in history. So if you are, if you're twice, you've lived twice as long as the average person lives, you should be looking around and going, yep, my plans involve like tomorrow and the day after that and very, very quickly, right? So he, he wants to come and go see him shortly. And we shall, this is this indicative again, he, he believes this is going to happen. We shall speak uh, face to face or mouth to mouth. So then he starts to begin to end here and he says, peace. Now, we've talked about this idea a little bit. So if you go back, I want us to go back to verses, uh, uh, verse 2. So he's talking to Gaius here. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may, and what's your word say? Prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Which we talked about then was, that's a pretty amazing comment, that I want your physical prosperity to reflect your soul's prosperity. Like, that's a really high bar. So, come back down and we see this peace to you. Another way to translate this word peace, is, here's your blank, is prosperity. And I, you know, we, uh, specifically at this point in history, I, I hope, I really hope and pray that 50 years from now, I will look back on this lesson and go, why did I focus on that? Like, oh, yeah, that prosperity gospel flare-up thing that we dealt with for a couple of decades there. Yeah, right? I, I really hope that that just fizzles out. Boy, that'll be just wonderful. Uh, this word does not mean uh, prosperity for me to enjoy because it's about me. This word, what he's asking for here, is peace and quietness and to be set at one again. Uh, because you've got people like Diotrephes in the church who are creating disharmony and disunity, and this is a problem, right? Um, and uh, John Stott has a quote here. I, I don't know if I, remember if I put it in your handout or not, but peace to you is an appropriate prayer for Gaius if he had to exercise leadership in a church where Diotrephes was stirring up strife. And, and if it wasn't the case, then this is just another version of John praying for Gaius' prosperity because Gaius is going to use this for the glory of God. So I want, to, I want to pause today's lesson for just a second. I want to go back to last week's lesson. Because last week's lesson, I talked a little bit about ambition. And this idea of uh, Diotrephes wanted to be first, this philoproteon. This is the, I want to be the first place. And I uh, love to be first. And the, the application that I was trying to make was very specifically around first place in the church, right? And after listening to what I actually said, what some of it could be perceived as was all ambition is wrong and you shouldn't be ambitious whatsoever. And I like, let me, let me reel that back in, repackage and try again. So what I want to make sure you hear me say is that if your ambition in work or in life or in whatever you want to fill in the blanks in is for you to consume and for you to be first and for yourself to personally get the glory from, you need to squash that. Right? If the ambition that you are pursuing is to further the kingdom of God, is to have a higher income so you can give more, so the gospel can spread, praise the Lord, let's go for it. Right? This is not a bad thing. There are some examples of some exceedingly prosperous people that were in God's will in the Bible. And I will caution us that there are a whole lot more examples of people who are not exceedingly wealthy that were in God's will in the Bible. But 
This is not a knock on ambition, my perspective here. My perspective here is to make sure that, that how we use the things that we get reflects our heart. Does this make sense? Everybody with me on this? Okay, good. So, so I've told you many times that if you're a member of this class, then I'm going to pray for you every single day by name. And one of the things that I pray for several of you very, very specifically, because you and I have had conversations around this, is I pray for your financial health and well-being and that you would financially prosper. Because several of us have had conversations and that I know you give a substantial portion of your income. So I want to pray for you to do better and be more successful, very specifically, financially, so that you can give more. Because spreading the gospel is not free. It was not free back when things were very cheap in the first century. It is not free today. It never has been. It always costs. That would be something to tweet right there. Spreading the gospel always costs. That's good, Zeke. Thank you. <clears throat> hey, Zeke, you know what? I've been praying for you for a long time for Maple Street to be successful. Awesome. <laughs> and the second you stop giving and start hoarding and consuming it for yourself, I will pray hellfire and brimstone down on that place. <laughs> So keep your insurance up to date. <laughs> All right. Peace to you. So think about it. You're gayest. You hear these words from John. Peace to you. Yeah, I need that, right? <laughs> I need that. Because Diotrephes is still doing, like, while he's reading these words, Diotrephes is still being a jerk. He is still in sin doing this stuff. I need a little peace in my life at this point, right? This is, a, this is a beautiful little blessing that we can actually give to each other. Peace to you. Our friends. So who's the our? That's John's perspective. So John's friends. So who were John's friends? Missionaries. Believers. People that were around him and supported him. Because if you were that old at that point in time, you, you needed some a support staff, Right? Uh, this is one of the things that I love about reading the, uh, uh, the passages about the Apostle Paul in the New Testament is, you know, he didn't pull all this stuff off by himself. Uh, I hate these maps in the back of Bibles where it says, Paul's missionary journeys. It's like, well, yeah, he was there, but there was a group of people with him that helped to make sure he didn't die often. And that when he did die, that they drag him out and helped him recover, right? I mean, there, there was... Yes, that's exactly right. These friends are really, really important. So our friends greet you. Okay, here you go. Oh, I forgot to do my Johns. Dadgummit. Ah, this is how excited I was about this lesson. I just said, forget all this stuff. All right, so first John, who's this one? He's related to Princess Leia. <laughs> that's, a, that's an amazing answer. <laughs> John Newton, yes, very good. Did you know that or did you just get it from when I said it? Amazing. Okay, all right, cool. So he wrote Amazing Grace, yes. I have no idea what else he did. I hope he wasn't a pagan other than that. So. It, was he really? Oh, let's just keep rolling. Okay. So not, he repented? Oh, excellent. Great. Well, praise the Lord. That's, that is amazing grace, right? That is good. 
I did not know that. That's amazing. No. <laughs> uh, bite your tongue, bite your tongue, bite your tongue, bite your tongue, bite your tongue. All right, Second John is who? Pope John Paul the Second. There you go. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a picture of the first. I, he, that might have been a long time ago, or I don't know. Cool. Uh, I, I like this particular picture because it kind of looks like what? You kind of think like, oh, right? That's my, my singing debut right there. There you go. And then uh, the third John that we are talking about today, right? There you go. All right. And we have no idea what he looks like. We're just, we're guessing here. Uh, they made him really old with an awesome beard. Uh, actually, he's kind of mangy looking, and more that I think about it. Probably need a little maintenance on that one. Uh, all right. So this word for greet, this word for greet, guess what it means? It means, here's your next blank. To enfold, E-N-F-O-L-D, to enfold in the arms. And I just need to stop and apologize to everybody on the right side of the room. Uh, my faith was low this morning. I did not think we would have this many people. That's why you don't have handouts. I apologize for that. Uh, if Carrie Harness had been here this morning, she would have rebuked me for my lack of faith and encouraged me to go back in their office and print more. But uh, I didn't get that this morning. So to enfold in the arms. I like this picture. Why would I like this picture for Third John? Because John was what? He's really old. Oh, and by the way, P.S., he wasn't white. I fear sometimes we read the scripture and we go, look at all these white people. Not really. Not at all. No. Not, not so much. Um, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get to heaven and see a whole lot more color than we are expecting. <laughs> That's going to be fantastic. Uh, and I, I got to think that if your message for 60 years had been love one another, little children, and you learned how to be like your master, and your master had little kids flocking up to him all the time, that John would have been that guy that when he showed up, oh, the little kids would be like, John's here. I love it. I love it. All right, so to enfold in the arms. And we, so the other interesting thing is that I don't know how old Gaius was, right? Gaius may have been an old fellow too. He may have been a young man. I'm not really sure. But there was, a, there was a camaraderie here. There was a relationship here. There was something here that existed that encouraged John when he heard that Gaius was still doing Jesus' work. And there was something here that encouraged Gaius when he would have received these words from John. And then this one is just sheer joy, right? Just sheer, unabashed, enfold in the arms, joy. And for all of you introverts, Darla Skinner, that uh, hate touching people, Darla Skinner, uh, this is just the, <laughs> this is the antithesis of all joy. But literally, for most people, it's actually pretty joyous. So, uh, so here's my challenge to you today. There's one of them. There's like four today. Uh, but one of my challenges to you today is that when we go into the sanctuary, or just in this room, right? If you just want to do it in here, find somebody. <laughs> She's already squinching up. It's awesome. <laughs> that is, you've checked your box for June, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, you know what? I need to look at something. Let's. I, I don't want to. I don't want to teach. I don't want to teach mistruth. All right. So what does it say? It says present, oh, sorry. Sorry, Darla. 
This is not a one-time only thing, right? <clears throat> this is present, middle, or passive deponent, indicative. So greet, our friends greet you. Now, this is interesting because where are John's friends? We don't know. But what do they want to do? They want to hug on Gaius. I think that's awesome, right? That's awesome. Some of you remember uh, Sam and Robin Turnipseed. And uh, dear, dear friends of ours, um, Sam's one of those guys that um, could call at 2 a.m. or call me at 2 a.m. and he'd have to call like three times for to get through my call block at 2 a.m. But, um, <clears throat> oh, if you have an emergency at 2 a.m., you're going to have to call me multiple times because my phone is going to screen you out. So just FYI. But I ran into uh, Sam. Yeah, Julie and I were in uh, Publix. I'll get this story right. This week or two ago. Yeah. And uh, I saw him around the corner. And Sam and I, for at least 10 years, have this completely unspoken rule that when we see each other out in public, a bear hug is coming. And heaven help you if you are standing in the way because you're going to get knocked over. Like, this is just going to be unfortunate. And when I saw him, I went... I have lower back problems right now. Please don't do it. <laughs> and, and in that moment, before I could finish the sentence, I thought, how awesome is that? That I had to tell him to stop. Like, that's pretty cool. That I have friends in my life that, you know what? I'm about to get attacked with a hug. And this is okay. And this is really fantastic. But it literally means to enfold in the arms. So we can say, uh, shake hands. We can say... <clears throat> Lots of different things, but it is to welcome, to embrace, uh, to salute, to enfold in the arms. So I have to stop and ask for just a second. Is somebody's phone playing music? I don't... Okay. <laughs> it really sounds like somebody's phone. Okay, all right. Feels like right over here. I don't know where it is, but okay. All right, sorry. Uh, so our friends greet you, and here we go. You ready? Greet. Imagine this. This is not a indicative. It's not a statement of fact. This is present, middle, or passive deponent imperative. This is a command. It's a command. And guess what it means the second time it shows up? It means to enfold in the arms. Yes, the exact same thing. So we have a command to enfold each other in our arms. Greet the friends, the philos. By name. Now, how, how can you greet somebody by name? You have to know their name, right? This is like shockingly simple uh, educational philosophy here, right? The knowledge comes before the application. Okay. If they have a name tag or if they have at some point said their name and Jen, what else? Remember their name. Yes. Yes. This actually takes effort. Um, this is taking far more effort than I ever thought it would. Uh, but it is harder to remember names now. Some of you are going to laugh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm getting at at this point. So, so here's a couple of things to think about. So, um, so greet the friends. So enfold the friends by name. So while this is happening... Speaking the name. So what do you feel when somebody says your name? You feel known, right? 
Did you say I feel like I'm in trouble? (laughs) I won't say your name right now then. (laughs) The music has stopped, by the way. Uh, That's fantastic, whoever's had the music playing. Um, Sorry, so on fight nights, uh, there's a very small amount of sleep that occurs. Last night was just under four hours, and my ADHD acts up terribly on fight nights, so there's that. So greet the friends by name. Now, how many of your Bibles, look at your electronic or look at your physical copy, how many of your Bibles end on verse 14? Raise your hand. (laughs) How many of your Bibles end on verse 15? Oh, you heretics. What are you holding? All right, let me explain this to you real quick. I think I mentioned this before, but um, those of you that have a verse 15, what is verse 15? Right, so some of your translations lump verses 14 and 15 together into verse 14. Some of your translations put a new verse in verse 15 that is the exact same text as the last half of verse 14. So it's all the same words. This is not the same thing as in... uh, Romans 16, where there actually was a verse that was in some of your translations and a verse that was not in some of your translations. So this is, this is just a versification issue. This is not a uh, different manuscript issue. So just FYI on that. All right. Application. What's the point? What do you think, what do you think application number one is? Some, some messages are better delivered in person, right? Yeah, very much so. In person. So what do you think we ought to do with that? Get face to face, yes, very good. What's your answer? No. What did I just do? I texted you. What did I text you? Is this face to face? It's not. Dang it. FaceTime. That's a great question. Because it kind of is face to face, right? And yet it's kind of not. Right? I'm going to say it's kind of not. Because if you need to have a conversation like John needed to have with Diotrephes, do you want to do that over FaceTime? No, not really. Now, some of you are like, I don't want to do it at all. Oh, okay, I understand that. But <laughs> like, there's, a, there's a lack of wiggle room that comes when you get eyeball to eyeball with somebody because you just can't squirm away. Like You are just going to be physically present. And if you have ever managed an employee... They need to have a, a crucial conversation. <laughs> uh, then you understand the value of I need to be looking at you while we have this talk, right? Uh, so some messages are just better delivered in person. So, so what did I just do here? I took what I want you to catch this because it's very tricky. I took what John did about a positive, and I played up the negative aspect of it, right? 
Is that the context of how John described that? No, not at all. What did John say? John said, there are some things, and the implication here from the tone of the letter is that it was going to be very positive, that I need to talk to you about face-to-face. And that the positive should be delivered face-to-face too. Because we have this culture where we only want to deliver positive, I'll send them a note, or i send them a text, or i send them a, no, 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 get in somebody's face and encourage them. <laughs> that could be misunderstood, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am, Ms. Sherry. Oh, you can't enfold FaceTime, can you? That's a good one. And that's the, mi- that's the mic drop right there, right? So if there were things that need to be more serious. That's right. Seriously positive, seriously con- right. encouraging, whichever way, right? Absolutely. That's good. That's really good. All right, application number two. Christians should pray for peace and prosperity for one another. So what are we going to do? Pray for the prosperity of those who will use prosperity well, right? Which implies we must know each other well enough to judge in this space. Heaven help me if I pray for one of your prosperity that you don't need to be prosperous because your soul is sick. Right? That's scary. And then greeting and knowing are important to life. Greeting and knowing are important to life. So what do you think the personalization here is? Greet the friends by name. Yes. Sometimes it's literally just what is in the text. So I think I have landed the I think I have landed the plane early, because I already told you what the last three blanks were. You love truth. Not early as in time, early as in the lesson. Some of you are all like, you're not early. Okay, yeah, I understand that. <clears throat> I'm never early. That's that's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Um, if you give me two minutes to talk about Jesus, I'll probably talk for three. So it's just the way it's going to work. But my encouragement, my exhortation, my rebuke, my passion for you, uh, every one of you this morning and tomorrow as well, and the day after that is for you to love truth. And the beautiful thing is that we actually have a copy of it. So let's get to know it. Let's get to learn it. Let's get to love it. And this will actually change a lot of things. So that is Third John. Uh, I love these little letters. There's so much in these. Please, when you're reading through the Bible, some of you do these uh, read the Bible in a year plans. Don't just like slow down in the short ones. There's a lot there. There's a whole lot there. So uh, at your tables, uh, there's a weekly update at most of your tables. Again, I'm sorry, guys. Um, somebody can use this one. Uh, and at the, on the left-hand side are ongoing prayer requests. Uh, on the right-hand side, you guys can fill out new prayer requests when you finish with that one. If you could like just pass them along, that would be great. Skip, if you guys could move over and join up, that'd be fantastic. Oh, awesome. We have an extra one. Cool. Even better. That works. So after you have uh, prayed as a table, uh, then you are uh, dismissed into the service for worship. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.